right. We are live on Adobe Radio. It's news to us the week of January 15th, 2024. It's Eddie with Jason, as always, hanging out with you. Jason, how's it going? You doing I'm good? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. good. Yeah. Uh, a lot to get to, as always. We're going to talk to Doc mm. Coyle. He's from the famous rock group Bad Wolves. Lots of big radio hits from those guys. Mm. So he'll be Can't stopping wait to by. Talk to Doc. Yeah, Doc. Gonna stop by. I wonder where that name came, Doc. Where'd that come from? Well, we're gonna find out. I doubt that was born he was born with that name, do you think? <clears throat> Maybe he's a fan of Back to the Future. Yeah, that's sort of what I it reminds me of that. So we'll find out. We're going to ask him all the hard-hitting questions like, uh, where'd your name come from? How'd you get the name of the band? Stuff like that. Riveting. Mm. Riveting. Riveting. Hard-hitting. Riveting discussion. And then, uh, of course, a lot of uh, a lot of news to get to. Adam Schiff plans to transform American democracy. We'll see what his plans are. And there's a controversial decision by some states to skip summer food assistance for children and uh, hmm. that's just uh, the tip of the iceberg here. A lot to get to on its news to us. We are live on Adobe Radio. And welcome to the United States of America. Global woman, radioactive sites, imperialistic wrongs, and animal rights news. Adobe Radio. It's news to us. As we are live right now, the Iowa caucus is happening, Jason. Oh. Who's going to get the nomination? Oh. For the GOP. I don't think it's a question. It's not a question. Yeah, why did Ronald DeSantis even show up? <laughs> and Nikki Haley. Ooh, it's uh Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one, man. <laughs> What's tough? The just the Republican caucus in general. It's just terrifying to me well yeah that trump's getting the nomination yeah yeah exactly as he is like, it's also, not even yeah. a question no right after everything after all yeah. everything he's done and getting the nomination you're right so yeah yeah i mean the latest poll if you believe in polls the latest ones showed him uh ahead uh with getting 48 percent of the vote and I think Nikki Haley was at 20% and DeSantis was at like 16%. Oh, and then really? there's a couple other stragglers. Nikki Haley doing better than DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you hear a lot more about DeSantis than you do Nikki Haley. It's always DeSantis, this DeSantis, that. Or DeSantis, excuse me. It's DeSantis. 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 Oh, yeah, I can't say it. We're not saying it right. Oh, Damn it. F him. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah. So, I mean, Trump's going to win. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why even do it <laughs> at this point? Yeah, I know. It's, it's just it's all terrifying. it's all just a formality. But yeah, he'll be the Republican nominee for president. Of course, uh, it'll be interesting. Well, if he's- in jail. Yeah, we'll see how the Supreme Court rules, though, right? Like, he might not be able to go on the ballot, so. Yeah, when is that ruling supposed to take place? Wasn't it supposed to be pretty soon? By March. By yeah, March? I think it's by March, yeah. And a third state, 
uh, is also looking to have him removed from their ballot. Oregon saying that they're looking at it. They're holding to see what the Supreme Court decision will be before they enact any legislation on that, though. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, democracy is at stake. That is what the the Democrats are running on. And, I mean, it feels like it to me. I, I don't know about you, Eddie, but it certainly feels that way. Well, I mean, uh, Trump just, he straight up said the other day he plans to be a dictator and not leave office. He said it. I mean, he's <laughs> I mean, been what, saying it what, for years. I know. What more do we need? I mean, like, isn't there I mean, Could a we say- have handled the pandemic any worse? <laughs> yeah. uh, many could argue that, no, that was like the worst case scenario. Like. Right. Like every bad decision could have been made, was made, and, you know, that's where we went. Two impeachments. Don't forget the classified document thing where he was maybe perhaps selling state secrets to foreign adversaries. Still being uh, heard. Yeah. You know, that still case is still ongoing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Every day yeah. it was just something bizarre with that guy. I, it's, it was exhausting when he was president, wasn't it? It was like every day you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, what happened now? Yeah. I sort of like that you don't hear from Biden nearly as much. Like, we don't know. Like, if I find out what he's doing every couple of weeks, I'm fine with it. And it's like, all right. Yeah. I, That's I the way government should be, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be dominating our lives. It's just so stupid. We should just we vote for these people to work on our best interest and hopefully enact some policy that helps all of us. And we should be able to go about our daily lives without obsessing over it. I mean, one could argue that um, if you watch like Fox news and Newsmax, Newsmax, like Biden's fucking up every day though. (laughs) Right. Right? So I guess it's just the, you know, the media and uh, who you choose to follow, but. And and that's the dumb thing. If you can't see through that, so many people can't see that all these different news organizations have different bias. Oh, hundred percent. And it's like, open your GD eyes. I know that when I'm watching MSNBC, they are very liberal. I, I know that. Yeah. I know that if I turn on CNN, they're, they're a little more conservative leaning these days. Um, but you know, yeah. And screw all those cable networks. Anyways, if you're getting your news that way, then, uh, you know, you should, someone should tell you there are better ways to get your news because there are. Yeah. And I diversify your portfolio of news intake. I highly doubt anybody listening to this watches CNN or like cable news. You know, do you, do you watch any of that? Um, I'll occasionally put it on, but it's just mind numbing and it's, it's everything's, um, everything is breaking news. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Breaking news used to be special. It's yeah. like, oh, Joe Biden dropped his pen during a bre- press conference, breaking news. And it has like this giant, bold red lettering all yeah. day, breaking news. Like, I remember they only did that when there was a terrorist attack or something. Or, yeah, something that could potentially affect right. your life. Now everything is this big catastrophe. <laughs> yeah. It's like so annoying. It's, it's, it's exhausting. Breaking news. Biden has a bowl of soup. Right. And why this is bad for him. He fucked up because he didn't put enough pepper and crackers in it. His cholesterol is going to go through the roof. Is that, and that's not good for America. We can't have a president with high cholesterol. No, sir. 
It's all, it's all exhausting. It's annoying, but you know, you, you have to sort of know what's going on because democracy is not a spectator sport. Yeah. I do so. love when they do like breaking news. The president is boarding air force one. I know who gives a shit. Like, fuck. Okay. I, I, yeah. Like, why is that? Yeah. Breaking news. Why oh, is that breaking God. news? Okay. Let's, let's jump okay. into a uh, news roundup before we bring the doc on the doctor, Dr. Coyle. Can we call him Dr. Coyle? We'll have to ask him. We'll have to ask. Maybe he's a doctor. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he has maybe, an MD. Maybe he has a PhD in being awesome. We'll find out. I well, He certainly has one in being a rock star. There you go. All right. News roundup. Let's see what's going on real quick. It's news to us. News roundup. The news roundup. Okay, let's see what's going on. We'll get to as many stories as we can here before we bring on the doctor, Dr. Coyle. Uh, the news roundup is brought to you by Every Plate. Every Plate. Get a meal for $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast. Enter code 49 news to us. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem $1 steak. Again, that's everyplate.com slash podcast enter code 49 news to us hell of a deal thank you every plate okay um where should we dive in here well first of all speaking of trump doing crazy shit when president apparently he uh, collected 7.8 million dollars in foreign payments while in office and uh, of course he did of course he did <laughs> and of course that's a huge conflict of interest him taking yeah foreign payments from places like China. Uh, he took uh, $7.8 million in from countries, including China, Saudi Arabia, and Qatar. And Democrats are demanding he pays it back. Ooh, tough words. We demand. Yeah. We demand. That's all that's happening is they're just like saying, you better pay that back. He's not going to pay it back. No, no. But the Democrats are just doing that for show. You know, they're like, trying to be tough but there's there's no teeth to it yeah i mean how are they can demand all they want how is it going to be enforced <laughs> yeah you think trump's gonna wake up one day and like, oh you know what you have a good point you demand i i comply oh. i comply oh, oh you demand <laughs> oh let me let me open up my my wallet here and i yeah. must comply i don't want to i don't want to piss anyone off here yeah Demanding that Trump pay back the $7.8 million he took in foreign money is like asking a raccoon to return the trash it stole. (laughs) So good luck. Goddamn trash pandas. Um, But, you know, the Democrats are bringing this up because they, you know, they're hoping to remind people of uh, all the crazy shit he was up to while president. And that's a huge conflict of interest. You don't want your president taking foreign payments from other countries, because obviously that means he's looking out for his own best interest and not our own, the American people, the peoples, China. Mm. He took a lot of money from China. So how, how exactly did he take this payment? Do we know uh, Uh, our research? Well, he he has admitted the hotel. Well, yeah, part, I think a lot of it from the hotels. Yeah. And he, okay. he and just in general, Trump himself admitted to this the other day, and he said, "There's nothing wrong with it. I I was providing services, <laughs> and then I was giving away like nuclear secrets to Saudi Arabia. Maybe that there was, was no tit for tat. Maybe that was the service. There was no quid pro quo. 
No quid pro quo. I think that that was the service. Like, here's a classified document. Now give me a million dollars. That's a great yeah, service. Now you can make nuclear energy and uh, yeah, stay at my hotel and I'll, I'll make sure you have a fresh mint on your pillow every morning. Right. Right. Uh, all right. What else is this a-hole up to real quick? Uh, he's been ordered to pay legal fees to the New York Times. What is this all about? Yeah, a judge in the legal case where DJT had sued the New York Times and his uh, niece, uh, Mary Trump, um, back in, what, 2021 uh-huh. for a story and disclosure of his uh, tax returns. Uh, DJT had filed a suit against them uh, for slander, and uh, the judge ruled against him. And our, they also the judge also ruled that not only did Trump lose the case, but he now must pay the legal fee for the New York Times, which is nearly $400,000. Now, that's not demanding. That is being enforced. So DJT right. does have to pay that amount back. I wonder if he'll actually pay it. You think he'll actually pay it, I wonder? I mean, if not, I believe that would be a contempt of court. I think if you go down that path, there, you know, he could be arrested. But there's never this any consequences a judge ordered. This man, so... Well, I hope he doesn't pay. I would like to see how where they go with that, how they enforce it. Right. Or it's also know. worth noting that um, the in that suit, Mary Trump's lawsuit um, was the judge did not order her legal fees to be covered, just the New York Times. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, he'll yeah, probably raise, raise that money by selling more trading cards. Remember, he yeah. had those trading cards. He was. Selling where he looked like a superhero and an astronaut and a cowboy. Maybe he'll trade or maybe he'll sell off some more uh, national secrets. Right. He also cut the suit he was wearing when he was uh, arraigned into tiny pieces and he was selling that online. Jesus. <laughs> Anything for a quick buck, huh? Yeah, yeah, like it's so slimy and gross. All of it. Kind of. Rem- yeah, that is slimy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't um, hear about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, going to cut up my suit. <laughs> Ugh, that's so dumb. It's just like, it, there's no class with the guy ever. He's like the, 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 he has the least class out of any rich person I've ever experienced. Speaking of, uh, yeah, no class rich people. I don't know if you heard about Mike Lindell and the, my pillow guy No. But uh, my he's gone bankrupt, and Fox News has actually pulled the advertisement for my pillow due to non-payment. <laughs> yeah, he was like their only sponsor on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, because nobody well, wanted to, pe- to sponsor Tucker because he was too controversial. So yeah, now now he's uh, bankrupt, huh? Yeah, my pillow needs my cash now. So. My cash. Maybe that's why I saw a commercial for a diff like a different pillow, and it sort of reminded me of my pillow, but it was uh, not the my pillow guy. And I was like, hmm, "Your pillow, your pillow." <laughs> it's like somebody saw the hole in the market, and they're like, "Ooh, Mike Lindell made a whole bunch of money, and now he can't do it anymore. So let's start selling shitty pillows." Yeah, Mike Lindell, uh, he's going down in a ball of fire. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens when you uh, support uh, DJT and. Um, you know, the insurrection. He didn't have to do any of that. I don't understand that guy. He's independently wealthy. He had a solid company. He built it from the ground up. And then he pretty much just flushed the whole thing down the toilet, trying to say and prove that uh, Trump 
uh, was cheated out of the 2020 election. He didn't have to do any of that. He could have just been a happy rich dude and nobody, yeah. he, could, he didn't have to get involved in any politics. I bet that my pillow company would be going strong right now. If, if yeah. no one knew his politics instead, so stupid, like everyone else close to DJT crash and burn. Yeah. The, the guy is a succubus a yeah, black hole. Really is. Just a, just a negative, na- na- negative nanny. Hmm. Ninny, negative ninny. Yeah, like Anyways, uh, Adam Schiff is running for Senate in uh, the state of California, and he wants to improve democracy. He has a pro-democracy plan. He says that he wants to end the Electoral College and abolish the filibuster. Good luck. Yeah, that's, uh, those are big, big tasks right there. Can't do either of those without full support of Congress, and we know that things are so divided right now. That's never going to happen, Adam. But uh, you know, at least at least he's putting it out there. Yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? So it might not necessarily happen now, but twenty years from now, if uh, we still have democracy, then maybe, maybe it'll happen then. Yeah, yeah. You got to plant the seeds. Is he running for uh, Feinstein's seat? Do we know? Uh, I don't know what district, but California, but maybe I, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a Senate Senate seat. So it's this whole state. Yeah. Oh yeah. Senate. Yeah. Excuse me. Is it Senate yeah. or Congress? I don't know. Or just a Congress. Well, he was in con- He's current currently in Congress, but it sounds like he's trying to jump. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. He's moving to, uh, he wants the Senate seat. Yep. Yep. He's currently a, uh, yeah. Sitting member of the house. Right. Right. Correct. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe it, it, that would make sense that, if, that he's running for Diane Feinstein's seat. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, well, anyways, there well, you go. Well, uh, hopefully that happens, but not going to happen uh, anytime soon. Yeah, that's agreed. Texas, a lot of cruelty, cruelty going on in Texas right now with migrants. By the way, they're shipping these migrants from Texas to other states. Here in Colorado, where uh, Jason and I are, big problem. Have you been seeing the migrants out? They they shipped a whole bunch to Denver. Yeah, they continue to do that. Um, I have not personally seen it. Oh yeah, except for yeah, maybe maybe the one. Uh, you know, there's a lot of street cor- uh, street corners where they're trying to wash windows now. I have heard mm-hmm. that they are those are migrants. So instead of just panhandling, they're actually. Like trying to wash your windshield. Yeah, I, we I, we haven't seen that in a really long time in, um, yeah. in Denver, and then suddenly that makes sense. Now every, They're everywhere. Every, every uh, intersection you go to, there's somebody with a a squeegee that they stole from the gas station, trying to clean your window for a couple of bucks, and um, that makes sense that it's migrants. I just I don't know. I just figured there was some sort of a widespread scam going on. I don't know, but it's so wow. annoying because it's like wave the people away. You're like, get out of the way, get out of the way. I don't want you to wash my window, but it's, a sad, I'd rather it's a see that situation. than panhandling. I, I yeah, if I, I mean, have to be honest, if I, you're going to do something, at least either you're providing some service, right? But to me, it's intrusive. Like they're jumping in front of vehicles in intersections and, and they're walking up and assuming you want your, your window washed. I don't know. I'd rather the, the panhandler just be out of the way and you give them money if you want. Hmm. Fair. Plus, I don't All like. Right. I feel. Well, I feel weird shooing them away. Don't you? Um, I don't like, make eye contact. Well, some of them are aggressive. Like one guy started yeah. to spray my window, and I'm like, no, 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 shoo. I mean, you can wash it. I'm. Just, I'm not rolling my window down to give you money, though. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. It's a sad situation, though, with these migrants. Yeah, it is sad. It is sad. And uh, all joking aside. And uh, that Governor Abbott of Texas is a real piece of shit. And he's just shipping these migrants all over the country to liberal cities to, to stick it to him because he has no compassion in his state. Um, but anyway, yeah. so, so what's going on here? Um, with uh, Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, recently a woman and two children drowned in the Rio Grande. Oh, geez. Um, which is the river that uh, separates Mexico from Texas. Uh, federal uh, border patrol agents were processing and rescuing the migrants when the Texas National Guard that was deployed by Governor Greg Abbott prevented them from uh, trying to an attempt a rescue. Mm. Um, Texas officials are denying the claims by federal officers that they were denying them uh, assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's that's a sad thing, right? Like they are human beings. Yeah. If they cross illegally, we, you know, you still there should be some humanity in trying to save them, mm-hmm. and then you know do whatever we have to afterwards. But allowing two children and a woman die is inexcusable. I I saw this news story. I, I wanted to talk about it because I think it's just deplorable. It is. It is. But. You know, Republicans don't care about anybody with brown skin, and they don't care about uh, anybody from Mexico. So it's like pests, as far as they're concerned. It's really disgusting, dehumanizing, gross. I mean, human, like of course, children, like human is, beings. And this is from oh. the party of uh, Jesus, by the way. <laughs> yeah, where you're supposed. Oh, to. you're not. You're not from here. Oh, we're not going to help you. Which is exactly what Jesus would do. Yeah their lord and savior that they like to cite when it only serves their purposes when they can profit and pillage and manipulate it's just uh god bless america it's sad 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 this one really bummed me out no that that is bad it's really bad and uh i mean something obviously has to be done it's a humanitarian crisis yeah uh, it is. Trump says that he wants to solve the issue by building a dome over the entire country. That's <laughs> gone from a wall to a dome now. So that's the pro. That's how he's going to solve the problem. Wait, I can't tell if you're being serious. I'm, or ser- you're being I'm dead serious. It's a fucking biodome. Yeah, it's like uh, Mr. Burns from the Simpsons movie. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's probably where he got the idea from. I know. A good like, idea. Mr. Burns is my hero. A dome. Why? Yes. Why don't? Yes. A dome. I bet he just watched that movie before he said that. Why don't we have a dome? <laughs> Idiot. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, that's going to be. I wonder if he's going to run on that instead of the wall. The dome. Think of all the jobs we'll create by building a dome. <laughs> a dome. Uh. No more Migrant birds flying into our airspace. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, speaking of uh, deplorable things Republicans are doing real quick, Republicans are opting out of a funding program for summer food assistance for children. Yeah. 15, 15 Republican states. governors yeah. are rejecting a federally funded program that offers summer food assistance for children. The impact, uh, on children will affect about 8 million children across these 15 states. Um, yeah. Uh, the states that this includes 
uh, are Alabama, Alaska, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, Vermont, and Wyoming. That's right. Uh, South Dakota's strategy for child hunger seems to be if we ignore it, maybe they'll go make a sandwich by themselves. Uh, just don't eat is the new GOP diet plan. So the yeah. program details uh, were to provide $120 per child for families below poverty line to purchase food in the summertime. As you may or may not know, a lot of children rely on school food and um, for you know, more than one meal during the school year. And there's a, a gap during the summertime where they don't have school and these children go hungry. We can't feed kids. Yeah. They, so uh, the governor, Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma said that if this program is enacted, it might be duplicated. Ooh, that's really, that's, that's what he's worried about because we might accidentally feed hungry kids twice. Well, I think he's saying that they already have something in in place for with current resources. Well, what is it? <laughs> I, apparently, uh, it's not enough because uh, these children still need to be fed. I love how Republicans fight against feeding children, and people still want to vote for them. Like, what the f? How, how is uh, lunch a partisan issue? How's feeding children on under the poverty line? Like, so these are like, yeah. Feeding children. These are children that really need some food. We can't have that. No, nope. cannot have that. That is just dangerous and bad for democracy. If children are well fed, they might start thinking for themselves, and uh, they might become critical thinkers, and that would be bad for the Republican voter base. Well, you know, Republicans. Oh, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but they like to say children that don't eat should pick themselves up by the bootstrap and go get a job. That's right, you lazy little bastards. That's why they're trying to get rid of the uh, labor law where uh, you have to be 16 to have a job. Yeah. You can go work at a food processing plant at 14 in uh, yeah. Arkansas. Put those little fingers to work in the factory and buy your own goddamn lunch, you eight year olds. Yeah. Republicans. That's the platform. Okay. Old party. <laughs> I'll be back with the doctor, Doc Coyle. I'm really interested if we can call him doctor. Doctor. Uh, All right. We'll be right back. Doc Coyle plays in the band Bad Wolves, and he'll be with its news to us coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We're live on Adobe Radio. It's news to us. Adobe Radio.
Adobe Radio. All right, back live on Adobe Radio. It's news to us. It's Eddie and Jason here, along with Doc Coyle. He's joining us, a guitarist and founding member of Bad Wolves. Of course, how's it going? Uh, what's going on, man? Of course, you know him, a very big figure in the metal genre, metal scene, and also uh, with Bad Wolves, always on the, the rock charts. Everybody loves Bad Wolves, and they have a new album that just came out in November, November 3rd, called Die About It. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, trying to, uh, even though it's a holiday, yes. you know, there are no days off, all right, in rock and roll, 24-7, especially the, the new year, you know, you, it's like, all right, got to get back into the flow of things. Yeah, I you know. I, I realized it was a holiday after we booked, and I was like, all right, I guess I guess we're doing a show today, but hey, you're, we're, we're both working. We're all working today. It's all good. That's right. I need to do something. So I'm half black. So I got that means I'm MLK day. You got to do some black activities. Oh, I don't know exactly yeah. what that is. Yeah. I got to think about it, you know, but I'm going I'm to I'm work on it. Okay. Well, with that, well, you have black history month coming up too. If, if, you, if you don't get to it today. So whatever, you whatever your black activities are going to be. Uh, but uh, by the way, you were just recently engaged. Congratulations. Thank Well, at this point it, it wasn't that recent. So I gotta, I gotta make sure we can actually uh, okay. get married. Cause I, I basically, uh, proposed and then left for eight months. So it's hard mm-hmm. to do a wedding when you're not around. Okay. Is that uh, driving your fiance nuts? Does she really want to to lock this in? No, she's very, she's very patient. <laughs> thankfully. Okay. Okay. Well that, yeah, that, that's good. That's good. And you just went on a little tour with uh Bush, right? You guys were supporting Bush. Yeah, we did about three weeks with Bush and it was, Amazing, man. Re- really great shows. Great band. They were so amazing to us. Uh, and that's like, that's one of those, you know, bands, you you know, it's so weird. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And then all basically half the bands that I, I watched on MTV when I was a kid, I'm either on tour with or I'm friends with or I get to play with members of the bands. It's pretty, it's pretty weird. I've, I definitely have a charmed life uh, to some degree. Yeah, what, that, that's crazy. What what, uh, what bands have you been starstruck by? Like you're like, oh my god, I can't believe this. You know, I don't really get starstruck, or at least I try not to be. Um, did I lose you guys? No, no. we're here. It okay. just it just zoomed in on you. Vision, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of editing. <laughs> um, you know, I get the people that kind of quote unquote starstruck strike me. It's just like certain people that are like definitively, I guess. Um, influential to what i do right so for example i was the other day i was at the rehearsal studio and rob trujillo from metallica who i'm in a band with was playing with jerry cantrell and something so i I walked in to say hi and like jerry cantrell is like a big influence for me you know and so i've met him before but it's a guy where like i legitimately would want to ask him like musical questions you know, yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like it's a different where I'm just like a fan of a band or like uh, there's another guy, Steve Brodsky uh, from the band Cave In, um, who's not like the biggest band in the world. But every time I see Steve Brodsky, I get a little like, you know, I'm like, all right, I, you know, because I, t- I want to like nerd out and ask some questions. So it's 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 interesting. It has very little to do with the fame level and more like how much I actually want to pick that person's brain about something which is why it's like so it's not really a starstruck thing it's just trying to get around the fact that uh you just want to kind of shoot the shit and not talk about their body of work you know right, right? but i feel like you don't everyone i don't 
ever want to put someone on a pedestal because I don't want anyone to put me on a pedestal. And so I think at the end of the day, people just want to be treated like a person, not just like a conduit for like the art they created. So in other words, it's not cool to like just fan out over somebody and start jumping into their music and all the, all the questions you want to ask. You have to play it kind of cool and approach it like you're petting a cat sort of. Um, well, to me, it's like, it's all about what, you know, how the person is coming across. Cause you know, sometimes y'all just be out of show and someone will start talking to me about, Oh man, I love this record. And then they'll start asking you like actually interesting questions or like you can tell they're not just some weirdo there. There there's, you know, a kernel of something that's interesting. And then you go, Oh no, I never really thought about that. So it just, it's just a time and a place. But I think what I'm saying is no one wants to be treated like they're not actually a person right you now because right. at the end of the day we're all just we're all you know we all do the same things more or less you know and 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 i've noticed that you know kind of as i've moved up, moved up the ladder and met more famous and successful people you you know you kind of understand that more and yes famous people yes they're a little more idiosyncratic there's especially if you're some giant wealthy rock star like yeah you're not gonna be quite like everyone else because your life hasn't been the same right um and you have to get used to that like i i met um al jorgensen from ministry the other day and i was like i never met him and it's like that guy's a character but you know it's it's exactly what you you would think um and it but it's also kind of sick you're like hell yeah but still at the same time i'm not gonna treat him like he's a weirdo or like he's an alien i'm gonna like talk to him like a regular guy yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. We sort of, I guess we have to do the same thing here. We've brought a lot of people on that were starstruck over before the interview will be like, holy shit, I can't believe we're going to have so-and-so on, but then they'll come on and you're right. You just have to talk to everyone like, uh, like they're a normal person. And it does, it does take a little bit to get used to that though. When you first started to meet people that you admire, did you find yourself kind of tripping over your words and, and making an ass out of yourself? I'm sure I've had my moments, <laughs> you know, um, it was fun, funny that actually the first time I did meet Jerry Cantrell, I was like, was at the Metal Hammer Awards in 2004. And I'm just like, uh, Hey, Mo, what kind of wah wah pedal you use? And, you know, just corny. And he's like, a cry baby. Wah. And I'm like, cool. cool. And probably just right. disappeared, you know, like that Homer Simpson meme. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. Ah, bushes. Back back up in, in, in into the old uh, uh bushes <laughs> but um but no it's i'm sure I've, i'm sure i've had my moments but you know i've i think there's something about the music world where like you know nine out of ten times you meet someone you're probably like playing the same festival or you're on the same tour and there's this almost like um even playing field right like a know, camaraderie you get, like you're like yeah like almost like a summer camp deal or yeah, yeah, but I mean, a lot of times, right? So if you're going out with some big band that you admired, you know, it's like, I remember, uh, God forbid, uh, we went out with uh, my old band, we went out with uh, Machine Head, you know, and that was like a huge band for us, you know, coming up, one of our bands we idolized. And it's the first day, you know, like Rob Flynn comes up to us and he's just so nice and so cool and so down to earth. So sometimes, you know, that quote unquote famous person, influential person, they might disarm you by being so nice and welcoming and, you know, maybe compliment you. Oh man, I you know really liked your album or, or something. So it's uh, you know, you know, I I feel like I've navigated that pretty well, and I'm I'm always in the mind of like I'm not worthy, and that you know that that whole thing. But at the end of the day, you do have to go out there and like do what you do. And if you're in those um, 
elite circles and hopefully you're you know you have to feel that you belong and you've earned your spot and you're not just you know it's at some point it's not just i'm uh looking at everyone else as like they're beyond me like i have to right. feel like okay i'm one of the the people i've earned my way to this spot to whatever degree that is right right and you guys uh certainly have i mean you've been doing this for a long time I know that you got to fill in for Ice Nine Kills guitarist when they're opening up for Metallica playing uh, stadiums. That's really cool. But that's not the first time you actually opened up for Metallica. You were doing, uh, you filled in for somebody in Slipknot, correct? In 2009? Lamb of God. Lamb of God. Okay. Okay. So what were those shows like in 2009 compared to uh, what you just did for Ice Nine Kills opening up for Metallica? Oh, I mean... You know, I mean, the the 2009 thing was wild in and of itself, too, because it's, you know, both shows where they were playing in the round, right? So 2009, you're in the middle of the arena, and that was, you know, by far the biggest, craziest thing I I had done. And also I'm playing with Lamb of God, playing these crazy songs, just the whole thing was kind of beyond, you know, like, like, you know, this thing you couldn't really conceive of until you were there, you know, Um, it was really scary. But then once I got got into a flow with it, it was, you know, definitely one of the highlights of my life. And then this time around, um, certainly less intimidated, you know, just because I've I've had so much more experience since then. I've had a lot more success. And, you know, I'm also I I play in a band with Kirk and Rob. So I'm, you know, definitely not feeling like as alien. But when you're in those stadiums, man, I mean, those are the biggest venues we basically have. You know, that that's not some outdoor uh you know kind of festival that's endless in terms of space and the way they had it set up with that stage it was just very unique man people were just they're right there uh you know because a lot of times you'll do some giant venue or something and there's a big barricade and people are like 50 feet away but it's not like that like they're right there in your face and uh and isn't the isn't the stage shaped like a donut right so there's like a more or less like kind of um oval circle uh, kind of a situation. Um, and, you know, in this time, you know, now, you know, back in the day, I was, I was just, I didn't have any ear monitors. So now I have like in ear monitors. Um, you know, it took a couple days to get used to the stage in terms of like where to go. And I'm singing a lot of background vocals and vocal harmonies. So I'm kind of tethered to a microphone. So I couldn't venture too far up, but you'd, Half time you're trying to figure, do I do I rock out to these people over here? Do I <laughs> rock out to these people? Um, but the thing that really struck me about those shows was how receptive the crowd was. Um, sometimes you think when you're opening up for some massive band that perhaps they won't really care about you or they'll boo you or wait for the, you know, because they they care so much about the, the headliner. And this wasn't like that at all, man. They were like really pumped. I mean, you because we, you know, we're wearing tuxedos. We kind of look like a weird freak show on a metal show anyway. But you come in and everyone wants to like slap your hands and, and you feel like you're you're part of a sports team or something going out to play the big game. But just every you move to one area and it's just smiles on everyone's faces, really excited. Um, and so, you know, that's a, also a compliment to Ice Nine Kills and how good their songs are and how great the show uh, they they put on it, so it it was just a real experience, and the fact that we'd only do one of those a week at the most, right? So we, yeah, because they, be they're doing just, like it's weekends, right? They just do one weekend per uh, city. Yeah, so it just felt very. Every show felt really special and impactful. 
that you were part of this historical moment that people are going to remember for 20 years, 30 years about that time they saw Metallica in this venue with these bands. So, you know, you, you know, I really went on my way to kind of chronicle each moment and take video and pictures and, and, and really kind of, um, you know, uh, just savor the moment because you knew that's just a special thing. And I may never get this opportunity again in my life. And, uh, you know, and I really thank I signed kills and their management, you know, and everyone involved that helped bring me along because that's just a, something you, you don't know that you'll ever get a chance to experience as a musician, especially playing, you know, extreme music like I've done where, you know, we're used to playing the, you know, the, the, the back, <laughs> back venues and with dirt and mud <laughs> on the, on the wall. And, right. <laughs> what a long way you've come from that to giant stadiums opening up for Metallica. Pretty cool. I didn't see on your, uh, your Twitter that you covered sad, but true. I thought you did an awesome job. Mind if we play a little bit of that so everybody could hear if this is, uh, the doc yeah. coil covering Metallica. Oh, get a sip in. That's awesome, man. That sounds so good. <laughs> How long did it take well, you to, to get that down? Well, so I had played, so I, I had a cover band I started going back to where I lived in New Jersey. First, it was called Paradise City, and then I changed the name to Rebel Noise Group. And we would do like hard rock songs and like Sabbath, that'd be like the most metal it would get. But it would, we'd be doing like Nirvana and, you know, uh, you know, uh, Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age. And so I I was playing that with that band. So I was like, right, I know the solo pretty well. Let me, let me try and lay something down during the during the pandemic when you know everyone was really trying to put as much content out there and, and do videos. I'm I feel like I haven't done a ton of stuff like that. I, I really need to do it more. Yeah, you but. should do more. And uh you mentioned Queens of the Stone Age, underrated band. You should uh do a cover of that of Queens of the Stone Age next. Yeah, that's solo in uh well we would do No One Knows, which is like their their big songs. Right. I would play the the solo in that is really is really fun to play too. But what do you uh, think of their but, new album, by the way? Did you get a chance to listen to I've it? listened to it a couple of times. I mean, they they're one of those bands where they don't there's no bad Queens of the Stone Age record. Like they're all amazing. But like I really love that um light clockwork rap record. That album is mm. amazing. So I the new one I've only listened to a couple of times, but I have to like go back and really really absorb it uh but i'm i'm friends with the 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 drummer john theodore he plays in the wedding band with me and kurt so oh nice i, I need to go see them that's but awesome yeah, love that's love, awesome. love love queens of stone age yeah same same uh well so you're out let's talk about your album a little bit die about it you're the fourth studio album from bad wolves and it's available now just came out in november um 
How are you feeling about it? Is is the reception what you thought it would be? Are you are you pleased with uh, with everything since the release? Yeah, I mean, listen, you have that like um, initial kind of feedback when you when you put a record out and you you get kind of the vibes for what people are feeling it, and it was really really positive, man. I think people really connected with with the record when it when it came out, and then you know you do the tour, you get to play the songs every day and kind of get that feedback. But now it's like we've been home for over a month and actually it yeah just just about a month and it's like all right let's get back to you know it's like the records is still new but you you know i feel like we live in this time period where there's just so much stuff right there's this new song coming out this new album this new movie this people playing video games they're on tiktok right there's so much um you know, uh, people's attention is being pulled in a million different places. So I, I almost feel like the way we promote albums is a little different, but we're really trying to take our efforts to like keep focus on the record. You know, we have a, a tour coming up that hasn't been announced yet. Um, you know, so we're going to be getting back out on the road and really try and expose this record. We have actually a B side that's coming out uh, I think pretty soon and kind of just, you know, you have to like almost even if you make a record, you constantly have to like be putting new elements or remixes or here's the song yeah. with the guest singer. Here's, you know, this little thing. And, you know, they kind of keep people focused on it. So, right. That makes I'm, sense. I'm, that makes sense. You really, yeah. You do have to cut through the noise. Like you said, there's so much going on. I was, that's going to be my question for you is uh, what is your strategy to cut through that noise? So I guess you might've answered that already. So you're constantly sort of figuring out a new way to uh, like you said, put out a remix or something with a guest vocalist or is that, is that the strategy or is there more to it than that? Well, I mean, listen, I think the hardest thing to do is to right, like everyone. So back in the day, right. Let's say it was 1995 or something, right. You, what would you try and do? You try and get your song on the radio. You try and get your song on MTV. Right. And if you were like regular rotation on MTV, it just made stars. It made hits. Right. It was hard to not have your song get played on there and not because millions and millions of people were watching that. And it was into, it was all across the country or maybe even international for, for some of the people. And now that's become more difficult. Right. It's like, OK, what do we do? Well, we, we need to get on this uh, playlist on Spotify. But that is still like someone has to go out of their way to listen to that playlist. Right. It's not really being put out there for them. And so now it's so much more difficult to manufacture anything. Like it has to be organic. It has to like get a pulse in the community and people need to tell their friend or that, or it needs to kind of develop its own natural momentum. So I think that for us is like, yes, we have our fans and we have people that are connected to it. But if you just rely on that, it's not, it's not, we're going to go anywhere. You know, it's going to kind of stay static. So we're really in the, in the business of, how do we get it to like reach other people that don't know about it? And that's really our challenge. So anyway, a lot of that social media and we're, we're not the best at it. Um, but it's something we're going to focus on over the next say like three months, you know, and, and work with some people and like start developing content. Cause you know, at the end of the day, you really just need like cool people on TikTok to put your song in some kind of video and then have more people do it. And then, it, and then it, it's weird. That is the MTV now to, right. to some degree. It's kind of crazy. Like a lot of the, the bands that are, have blown up, whether it's bad omens or sleep token, or even like 
old bands like Deftones are blown are bigger now than they've ever been because of TikTok. And that's you know, yeah, that's crazy. Metallica had their moment with the whole Strangers Stranger Things right. thing. Simple Plan had that that song too for what that was pretty big. Yeah, uh, Pierce the Veil, like one of their old songs blew up on TikTok. So it's it's really crazy. And, and like I said, we're we're not the most in tune with that. Um, and even some of those bands, I don't think they are. I think some those things just happened, right? It just was kind of yeah, like you can't you can't man- manufacture that. It's just. Yeah. If, so, if, if someone so, knew how to manufacture that, they'd be a very rich person. It's just, it's just like you said, it's a natural sort of organic thing that happens through the community. But yeah, uh, yeah. and at the end of the day, listen, you you make something you're proud of, and then you just have to get people over there. And then once you get get them there, and if and if you have something that's strong, it's going to connect. And if it's not, if it, if it's not that thing that works, then it's not going to happen. And you know, you you just have to do everything you can. Um, but you, at the end of the day, it's like, you can't control the results. I don't care what you're working on. You can, all you can control is how hard you work, um, how much effort and kind of your, your attitude and all that stuff, but everything else you have to just, you have, it's a weird thing where you want to work hard, but also be distant from the result because you go, I can't control that. And that's how you, I think that that's the mental game of it. You know, that's a good way to not lose your mind too. Cause if you get attached too attached (laughs) to the outcome, I mean, that's how people, yeah, just really start to lose it after a while. But, uh, all all you can do is about, about ambition in general, where it's like, I think you have to want to do well, but also not at the same time. Like you almost like, like think if you're too like, I have to make it, I have to be sick. Like this whole thing, it almost, that can undermine it, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is that the approach when you are in the studio as well? You try not to get too in your head about it. Just like go in with the attention, that, the intention that you want to do a good job, make a good uh, record, but not get too attached to falling into obsessing over that. No, I, th- I think music and like the actual creation, the writing and the recording has got to be obsessive, you know, but not to the point of doing it for someone else. You got to, you know, you have to do it because that's what you want to do. You know, you have to feel that. And I mean, in terms of making something that when you listen back to it and you go, that's where it's where it's at. Um, and I think, you know, I've had moments making records in my, my career where it's you have that tunnel vision and there's literally nothing else because you want you know, I think for me, at least one of the primary motivating factors is wanting to be great. You know, you have these, these artists that you, uh, that you look up to or albums that you like put on, like, this is a classic work that has stood the test of time. And that's what you're trying to do, you know? And I think often in our world, you know, that is, that is usually the separator Right. And like and the distance between something that's really good and something that is great is not that much. But all of a sudden it's like you have a, a band that puts out that that right album that just can it just it's that thing. And all of a sudden it opens up for them. Like you saw that happen with um, Turnstile a couple of years ago. Right. They just made that record. That's all they did. They just made a record mm-hmm. that everyone loved. And they almost I would say overnight, but over the course of like a year and a half, they went to like playing damn near arenas. Right. Because they just made something that was that good. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do is just make something that is, you know, un, undeniable, you know, and whether you achieve that, that's in the hands of everyone else. You don't get to decide that, you know. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So much is left up to fate in a way. I mean, of course, a lot of thought and planning and purpose goes into it, but so much is just out of your control at the same time, which has got to be aggravating. That part would really bother me if I were a musician. Yeah. And then there's some stuff that blows up and you're like, man, that's kind of whack. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, but then again, if people like it, right. Like just cause I don't like it doesn't mean I'm like, my opinion isn't the only thing that like, if someone likes it, if someone connects to it, then that's real. Right. 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 Well, you're doing great things. We think you are doc coil, by the way, uh, is it okay to call you doctor or is that, uh, out of the question we were wondering? My grandfather used to call me <laughs> like doctor. So where does that, where does that, I'm sure you've had this question a million times, but I, I don't know. Uh, where, where did that come from? Where did the name doc come from? Yeah. My, uh, my brother, I'm listening. This is what was told to me. I was, I was, I don't remember this. I wasn't around for this. I was around, but I wasn't aware. Uh, but apparently, when I was a baby, and they brought me home from the hospital, my brother just called me Doc. Okay, so it goes that far back. That's that's cool. Yeah, but I don't. You know, that's like what's again. Up, they could have been lying to me. You know, <laughs> I was not around. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, uh, utilizing other people's um, accounts of this. So, got it. Got it. All right. Well. The new album, Die About It, available everywhere. We're going to play Legends Never Die in just a second. Grammys are, are coming up here in a couple of weeks. And we're when are you going to get that nomination? I think Bad Wolves needs to be in the mix. No, we're not. Listen, we're, we're, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get a Grammy nomination. All right. Are you are you upset about this? Does it bother you? No. I, I, I think dude, it could. I was, I think I was could. actually very close to getting a Grammy nomination because I co-wrote a, a body count song. Uh, a song called um, uh, This Is Why We Ride. And then another song from that album got nominated. Mm. So it's like... So close. I was, yeah, I was like <laughs> almost... And actually, I think they won. I think they might have won that that award. That's cool. Um, but uh, but they, it was for the song Black Hoodie. So I was, I was this close. But no, I don't... Listen, Bad Wolves, we are never going to be like a critically cool band, I don't think. Unless we just go full like you know, Radiohead or something and just make like a weird art album. But it's a lot of times it's just perception. You know, like there's a, like you take a band, like, I don't know how much you guys, you know, listen to hardcore or anything, but it's like this band Converge. I'm, I'm like buddies with these guys. Like I love Converge, but Converge, they can put out anything and it's going to make the top 10 of every magazine because they're viewed as a band that like they make dense, challenging, mm. you know, you know, stuff. And, and, you know, Bad Wolves are, were viewed as like, kind of just a very kind of mainstream band you know so it's, right and i think to i'm trying to think like bands in our realm like who gets nominated right like like foo fighters Hailstorm. well what about foo fighters i mean we all love foo fighters but i i would put you in the same same <sighs> no um, here's the thing okay dave Grohl was in nirvana and and nirvana was always like the kind of like cool kids band even though they blew up they always had that cachet you know they made right you know in utero right they made a weird arty messy noise album after you know so there was always like a big thumb in the eye of the of, of, of the establishment so listen i don't know why certain bands like for example i don't think five finger death punch has ever been nominated for a grammy and they're one of the biggest bands right yeah that's true those guys like, i think there's certain bands i'm just saying when uh, you're in certain you know for some reason, you get a certain label, you're not you're not part of that. But you know, who knows? I mean, if we made the right record, I don't know. You never you know, know. But I think you never would that even would, like, that, would that even change your life at this point, though? If if you had a Grammy under your belt, do would that do anything for you? Do you think? 
I think it's all, listen, all that stuff is just bragging rights, right? It's right. like stuff that, um, you, you, it looks great in a resume and it, and it's like something like you, you know, your, your family would recognize like, Oh, <laughs> you're, you're somebody you, you have a Grammy, you know, that it means, but I always say the things with the Grammys is like, especially with like rock and metal, you have these musicians who will just complain. They're like, I don't care about the Grammys. I'm like, yeah, you don't care because you, you they didn't invite you. Like, <laughs> it's that one thing that, yeah, you don't care because you're. Not, it's like you weren't invited to this party, but if you got the nomination, you would care. Although I'll say the one dude who actually was uh, principled about this was Randy Bly from Lamb of God, where they got the nomination and he did not go. He was, <laughs> I don't care about that damn thing. I'm punk rock. And I'm like, he put his money where his mouth is. But most people, I think, would at least go, hey, it's a nice thing. Even if it's kind of like, you know, you're in a situation where we know the selection process is not that great. You know, a lot of bands get snubbed. It seems like a lot of like older bands tend to get nominated and win things like when when they were like, it's not as relevant. Well, so, what about what about Olivia Rodrigo being nominated for best rock song? Along with uh, Queens of the Stone Age and the Rolling Stones and Foo Fighters. I think, didn't Beyonce got nominated for Best Rock Song last year? Did she? I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I I haven't heard the the, the Olivia Rodrigo song. It's a so. little, it's a little, I guess, you know, a little pop punky, I would say. But I would, I would call it more of a pop record. But that's just me. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, who knows, man? I mean, the relationship between the mainstream world and I don't even I don't want to call it rock music, but like guitar based music is very strange because if you were to like, listen to the, to that side of the world, you would think almost like literally the only rock bands that would exist would be like Foo fighters and like green day, maybe, you know, like they don't really, it's like, it doesn't exist, you know, but then you go to sh- a show and you're like, oh, the, you know, Bringing the Horizon just sold out this arena or, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, there's how it, bands are blowing up, like b- bands are doing better than ever. But I think because rock and metal doesn't stream as nearly as much as uh, pop and hip hop, it's and it's not as celebrity driven. Um, it's just seen as like a lesser thing. But I think it's big. I think it's as, I think it's as. Biggest it's ever been probably since the early 2000s. I agree. Um, and I love to see it too. I mean, I, I've always been a big rock fan and uh, it's good to see bands like yours blow up and get a lot of attention and, uh, and all these other awesome artists that we've been mentioning throughout this, uh, this interview. And, um, but uh, we're here to celebrate die about it. The new album from bad wolves. Why don't we play uh, legends never die and we'll let you get back to uh, your day off, whatever you're doing over there. Oh, wow. What the hell just happened? You're like in a disco suddenly. Did I do that? <laughs> I don't know Is what that... the hell that was, but that was cool. Uh, suddenly there's like a disco ball behind doc. I don't know what that disco was. Ball and it froze up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Does it, we'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You take care. And, uh, see if, there's like tricks here. How did you do that? Oh, by the way, uh, check out Doc's podcast too, the X Man. That's available wherever you get podcasts. Want to make sure we plug that for you. That's right. We got an episode coming out this week with Ricky Armelino from the I Stand Kills. Oh hell yeah! There we go. All right, thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Really, really appreciate you having me on here, and uh, thank you for the support. And hopefully, we'll see you guys very soon in person. All right.
yes. hang out together, all right? Absolutely. We're going to hang out soon, all right, man? And uh, We're going to share a Sanka. What's that? Right? Is that it's like instant coffee. We're bringing it back, right? From the 80s. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm down. Uh, I'll have any sort of drink with you anytime. All right. Uh, all right. We'll all talk right. soon. All right, man. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Thank you. Bottom of a bottle, pour out a shot for you. I can feel by my side. You see the man upstairs says you're going somewhere because you live and then you gotta die. Looking up high, I know just why the sky's so bright tonight. Cause every single star is somebody we love and we never have to say goodbye. Legends never die, Jason. Yes, there it is, Jason. Bad Wolves and Legends Never Die. That's uh, from their new album. It's cool to have Doc Coyle, the doctor, joining us. Did he confirm his, we could call him doctor? I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, well, he said his grandpa used to call him doctor when he was a kid, but that he didn't say oh. if we could or not. But I'm going to say yeah. it's a yes until we get punched in the face. So, uh, oh. <clears throat> <laughs> I want to go for Doc because I don't want to get punched in the face. 
Uh, yeah, uh, nice guy. Uh, good to have him on. Yeah. Did you realize that he was in such a big band, Jason? There are so many bands out there these days, but those guys have been. I think you you might know those guys from. Uh, they did that cover of the Cranberry song. Yeah. Uh, zombie. Zombie. Which was a really great cover, and uh, it, that was a huge hit for him. Um, a little bit as well. You know this one, right? You've heard it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. In your head. That's pretty cool. He's gone to play like stadium. Like that yeah. Perspective of his, like sharing that with us, I thought was super cool. Like you have to be so nervous. I did want to ask a question that I didn't get a chance to, but maybe. Oh, sorry. Well, I, you know, I, 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 talk, I over talk out of nervousness in interviews. So please shut me up at any time. <laughs> no, it's all right. But I, I am curious, like how artists feel. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. we could ask this next time we have a, a musician on it. Get him back how on. Get him back on the horn right now. Yeah. You think uh, he'll answer? <laughs> Wait, what's, what's the question? I could maybe answer it for you as an artist. I'll pretend um, I'm an artist. What's the question? That how it feels like you put in <laughs> so much time and effort into and creativity into a new album. Like yeah. your feelings of right before it releases like what is going through your head like do you have anxiety like i just i'm just curious like how people feel because you're you know it's almost like sending your child off to be an adult right like you put all this right. love sweat and yeah. tears into that's a great and question just see if it like see if it sinks or swims like it has to be next artist we'll have to uh ask that that's a good question yeah you should put that yeah. one in the, in the back of your head uh, but yeah, we'll bring on, I think that's, if we're going to do, you know, artist interviews on its news to us, well, I also wanted to talk to him about politics too, because he is into politics and that was another reason why I thought he was a good fit, but we didn't get around to it, but he, um, always, I mean, on his Twitter, he's always tweeting something and I wanted to see if he was going to, uh, use his platform for the 2024 election, but maybe we'll try to bring him back on before the election and talk to him about politics. Yeah. That'll be the topic. Cause I know that I he's passionate about it. Um, Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves. That was a fun, fun chat. And uh, yeah, I mean, big, big artist playing for Metallica, filling in for Ice Nine Kills, playing with Metallica band members is what I mean. I didn't realize he had a band with Rob Trujillo. That's pretty crazy. And uh, he said somebody else from Metallica, right? Rob and uh, who? Kirk. Robin Kirk. What the hell is this band? I need to look it up. I had no idea. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to a couple of viral things real, real quick. Jason always is cooking dinner for his daughter during the show. What's for dinner? I like to ask you at this point in the show, what's for dinner? Uh, you know, I did such a good job last week. Yeah. With, you do uh, a great job always. What are you talking about? You're yeah. perfect. Well, last, last Monday, I did such a great job with, uh, my, uh, pasta with red sauce. We went ahead and went for that again oh uh by, re- oh, she, by request she ordered it twice yeah i mean i know hey. that your, your kid is hard to impress and if she orders it you oblige because she'll uh that means that's a big compliment yeah well generally i try to do that for her but very nice so is the, is it done or do we need to go stir the sauce live on air done she's already fed and oh. Um, I don't know. How you, I don't know how you do it. I think uh, Jason needs props and the, the it's news to us. Audience doesn't understand that Jason is cooking dinner for his daughter while also doing this show. 
Yeah. And prepping the show, too. And prepping the show. Talking it's about busy Mondays are busy afternoons here. This show really is no walk in the park. A lot of prep goes into it. We're talking about very serious news items. We're interviewing major rock stars. It really, it's uh, it's it's quite amazing what we do here. <laughs> yeah, well, and what you do, I I mean, no, I, 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 you're doing all that with uh, you're doing, you're with the daughter. The you're also uh, cooking for your daughter during all this. You make the podcast happen, so hats to, hats off to you, my friend. I I'm just sitting here and talking at some point, and you're over there and you come prepared. So, mm. um, you know those dumb Stanley tumblers? I think we talked about the the dumbass Stanley tumblers. Well, I think they're they're pretty cool, but yes, we did you're, talk about them. You're a fan of the Stanley tumbler? I mean, I don't have one. You know, my daughter has one, but okay. So, uh, sir. Quick refresher. What the hell is the Stanley Tumbler? Why do people love it so much? The Stanley Tumbler is a 40 ounce double insulated mm-hmm. stainless steel drink carrier with a straw. Oh my God. Spill proof. This is lid. QVC. And it yeah. has a tapered bottom that allows it to go into most cup holders and tapered. vehicles. That's how you call that? Okay. Tapered. All right. I should be selling these. I mean, I just let's, nailed that. Let's one. get on QVC right now. Yeah. You know, it comes in nice uh, toned colors for your loved ones. You can match their Just scan this QR code on your screen right now when you'll buy a Stanley Tumblr. Um, But, you know, these tumblers are causing a lot of problems for parents who cannot afford them. Did you know this? That's sad. I know. And or don't want to buy them. (laughs) There's two two categories. I mean, they're. I believe they're probably $40. If I had to guess, I don't know how much they are, but um, I would imagine they're probably around $40 mark for a water bottle, essentially. Yeah. I mean, you could just grab a glass from the kitchen cabinet and fill it up with tap water. Yeah, but you don't go out with your glassware. What are you? Well, I'm going to psychopath. That, that's my next move. Like everybody's out with water bottles. I'm going to start walking around with a glass from my kitchen. Yeah. That's, gonna be That's how you thing. should take your coffee, like your to-go cup. <laughs> yeah. Instead of putting in a to-go cup, a glass. That's right. I've, I've had like, it with oh, these to-go cups. Coffee out of glassware. They're unnecessary. Look at this rebel. They're unnecessary. Look at the rebel over here. Yeah, I'm burning the shit out of my hand, but it's all right. Um. Anyways, here's a parent that went to. Uh, Jason's gonna. Uh, <laughs> I got him while he was sipping. You gonna choke over there? He said he didn't spit it out. Yeah. Right. You almost vomited yeah, good. on the air. That was a good one. That like, was a good one. Have you ever vomited on the air? I think you probably have. Uh, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> considering my history, I would imagine <laughs> I, think, I have. I think, I think, I, I think uh, that's happened on Adobe Radio Live at some point. You have vomited. I would say. Yeah. And in fact, I'm pretty I sure. I mean, if I had to bet, yeah. I would bet that I have done that. I, Absolutely. I, is it wrong that it's not even a question in my mind that that's happened? No, it's not. No, it's not. We used Considering to do, it, you know, we've the been show that we used for, to do was just like really crazy. Basically, yeah, like I mean, that was twenty years ago. At this point, but you like how we like basically went from uh, like jackass to NPR. Yeah, <laughs> our story arc is you know, uh, you know we've really matured. We're but, more mature. Well, now we're like jackass meets NPR a little bit. Mm. We're jackasses trying to be, do NPR more like it. Well, we're not talking like NPR, but uh, we're yes. kind of talk about topics like NPR. These tumblers, though, th- these tumblers, uh, a parent is on TikTok and she is pissed 
because <laughs> she is saying that her nine-year-old was given a knockoff Stanley Tumblr and then got made fun of at uh, at school. So now she's got this parent has gone on TikTok and she's yelling at other parents. Here we go. A parent yelling at parents. <laughs> I don't post a lot of controversial content on my page. I usually like to keep things pretty fun, pretty lighthearted. I do a lot of voiceover content. With that being said, I'm going to keep this pretty short and sweet. This is the cup that we got our daughter for Christmas. This is not a Stanley. This is a 9.98 Walmart cup that she said she thought was cute. She is nine years old. On the second day back to school after Christmas break, she comes home. She's not crying. She's just upset. The girls, all the other girls in her grade, I'm not saying all, maybe she said nine, 10 of them all got Stanleys for Christmas. And they made sure to let her know that this is not a real Stanley, that this is fake and it's not as cool. Oh, little mm. jerks. This, I mean, this reminds me of me growing up. I never had uh, name brand anything. I used to get made oh, fun of all yeah. the time. My parents yeah. couldn't afford, you know, Nike or Adidas. And uh, yeah, we were, we were rocking champion. Oh yeah. And now champion's the cool thing. I know. So I feel for, did this you know kid, that? Did, wait, did you know that champion is now the cool? I heard that somewhere. And you know what I want to say? To those people is F you, man. You're yeah. like, uh, you're way too late on that. Where were you when I was growing up and getting yeah. my ass kicked champion and Airwalk? Remember Airwalks? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I wore. Yeah. Payless, go to Payless. My parents couldn't afford anything. I didn't have uh, designer shoes, so I actually feel for this kid. This one, this one uh, hits me. Yeah. So she comes home. She's upset. She asks if she can have a real Stanley. Do I think that a nine-year-old needs a Stanley? No. Do I have one? Yes, I have one. I don't have 50 Stanleys in all different colors. I'm not going to Target and fighting other women or moms to try and get the new Valentine's Day Stanley. I have yeah, I mean, even if you can't afford it, that's a legitimate reason for me, too. Like, F all those idiots that jump onto these trends and then make it just ridiculously hard to get an item. And if you don't have the item, you're not cool. Do you see what you're doing? You're just playing to this capitalist narrative and you are bait. You're like piranha going after a piece of meat in the kiddie pool. Cause that's where I put my uh, piranhas. Piranhas. <laughs> What's with? Yeah. I mean, I understand her frustration and yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of, it strikes me funny when something goes wrong, like, or, you know, people go to TikTok. I don't use TikTok, so I don't really, I guess I can't really say anything, but. No, this is yeah. where I go for all my problems. Yeah. I set up a TikTok shot in front of my kitchen table. Air your grievances. Yeah. This is, this is like the new public square. Nobody has community I anymore. I guess this is what it is, you know? Yeah one so that being said before you come at me um if you're a mom if you're a parent and you can do something to keep your child from getting made fun of to help fit in you're gonna do it so we went and bought her a 30 ounce stanley in our area at our local ace hardware these are 35 dollars okay okay so she gave in so where is this going then interesting turn of events mm. I didn't think she would. I think that that could have been a teachable moment. She could have had with her daughter. Right. But then this, I, I get, I get where she gave in on this, you know, her child's being made fun of and she feels bad. 
So she's yeah, like, fine, I'll get you absolutely. the goddamn Stanley fucking cup. She gets it, and then uh then then apparently something else bad happens. No. Can we afford to buy her a Stanley? Yes. Did I think that she needed one? No. Apparently I've been proven wrong by the children in our school that are making fun of her for not having a real name brand Stanley. But this doesn't start with the kids. This starts with us. This starts with parents, with moms. What are we teaching our kids? You better believe that if our nine-year-old daughter came home and somehow we found out that she made fun of another girl at school for not having something name brand, whether it's a Stanley, Lululemon, Uggs, I don't care what it is. We would be calling the family. We would be making her write a note to apologize. We would make her apologize in person because that's not what we do in this household. And that's what we need to be teaching our kids. It does not matter. It's great. If you want to have name brand things and you can afford name brand nice things, that's great. We are fortunate enough that we can afford name brand things. But once again, we're trying to teach our kids. They don't know. Right. But I get it. She's like, it's not necessary. It's a waste of money. I bought this tumbler for $10. The Stanley's 35. I get the, I get the lesson she's trying to teach, but then she realizes that her uh, child is being mercilessly uh, tormented. Yeah. But I think her, like what she's saying, if she, they found out her daughter had done that, I think is great too. Yeah. I think that's, I, you know, that's I, I started this out thinking we were going to like be seeing a video of someone that's just ridiculous, but I, I'm tending to agree with her. Aren't you? Yeah. I still don't get the, why I have to put it on TikTok. I guess we're trying <laughs> to make a message. We're talking about it. So good for her. She's, she's doing what she yeah. ended, right? She got the biggest radio show in the world. So, you know, yeah. Welcome to the big show. Yeah. Need that. Things are earned. You have to uh, work for things in your life. Not everything is just going to be handed to you. But do I also not want to see my daughter being left out or made fun of because she doesn't have the name brand things? That's how I grew up. No disrespect to my parents, but we didn't have those things. I was made fun of. I remember the first time that my mom found me a limited to bathing suit at Goodwill. And I felt so good to have that name brand clothing. I know now as an adult that that shouldn't have meant something, but it did because it made me feel like I fit in. Even though we are trying to teach our kids to be unique and to be themselves, and, and I'm all for that. I am not going to if my daughter asks for something to help fit in with the kids at school and she feels cool and it's something that she really wants and I can do that for her, I'm going to. But we have got to teach our kids to not make other kids feel inferior for not having the things that they have. That's it. That's where it starts. And it starts with us as parents and mm. rant. Yeah. 100, 100%. I mean, yeah, it's good to start like parents should do that for their children, but yeah. I mean, I feel like adults do that with the, other adults as well. Oh no, right? I know. It's like, like oh, I, I I drive a BMW and you have yeah. a Hyundai. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's a rat race, man. A rat race to the grave. Like, who gives a yeah, fuck? What are we doing? It's all dumb. Yeah. All of it is to serve a corporation in the end. Yeah, and it's all the same corporation because at some point, what we should do is like, yeah. you know, focus on doing good and being a good good person and community member you know things like that 
I know these these kids things should be of real fun value. Of be like, oh, you didn't volunteer at the soup kitchen this week. I'm going to make fun of you, you piece of shit. Maybe we should start. <laughs> yeah, is that what we should do? Yeah, let's start shaming people for not volunteering. Right, bully them. I'm going to beat you up. Yeah. Oh, oh, you you, you didn't shovel oh, you, an old. You don't lady, volunteer. You didn't shovel an old oh. woman's walk this weekend. Oh. oh, you know what? You're getting creamed, motherfucker. Gonna kick. Oh, you. Didn't- uh, you weren't building a house last weekend. Yeah, you oh, didn't. You didn't go down to uh, Peru and build a house for somebody oh, with uh, oh. Jimmy Carter. Hmm. What did you do? It's kind of a whatever you did. It must have been a waste. <sighs> Maybe we shouldn't start doing it. Uh, that's that's where the real bullying should be happening in America. Yeah, we bully Amer- Americans into. If we did that, that we might see an increase of bullying philanthropy. <laughs> I think everybody'd be bullied at that point. Everybody would have a black eye, except for two people. Volunteering. Yeah. Let's volu- let's get people out volunteering. Get like out that. there. Volunteer. Okay. Well, anything else you want to get to, Jason? I know we've gone longer than we normally go, but you know, whatever. This is still yeah, our time slot. We just, we never use our allotted time, actually. In, in it feels this. pretty good to go stretch out the legs a little bit. It's been a it's been a while. I know. Usually we're like, go, 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 get it all in, get off. And uh, but yeah. Well, I mean, we it's used good. to do a two hour show and it, you know, it's been a while since we've done that. I so. don't know. We still had it in us, but we have a lot to say. <laughs> I'm gonna need a nap after. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to go to bed. The only other thing that we can maybe get to before the show ends is, uh, you know how younger generations text with all lowercase. Does your daughter do this? She does do that. I didn't know that was a thing until right now. Any sort of ta- uh, capitalization in your text, you are an old person. Oh, but anyways, shit. this is what kids are saying as far as, by the way, Jason, and I are even that fucking old. So fuck you. But here we go. All right. I got the girls back. We were texting to set up this interview and you guys use all lowercase letters. Why is that? I think with like capital letters, I remember is kind of like weird. Obviously, full sentences is like a school thing. I mean, the school stuff at school. Okay. I mean, this video goes on, but. The kid just said capitalization and punctuation is a school thing. And we should leave school things at school. Mm. That really bothers me. Um, just because I don't know. I feel like education is important. Doesn't it already like when you create a text message, it automatically capitalizes. It uh, you? you're, you're showing your age here. You go into the settings. You can turn that off. Oh, well, <laughs> very easily. This is yeah, what kids are doing. Who gives a shit? I'm not going to sit and take my time <laughs> to fucking go in there and change that. Why would I? Because, uh, uh, well, let's find out. Normal texting seems too professional. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I only text normal if I'm like upset or mad. That makes sense. If I get mad, I'll put like, I'll pull out all the correct grammar. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So only use correct <laughs> grammar when you're mad. I know that oh periods, you know, you put a period at the end of a sentence. I do get a little upset and somebody does that to me. I double space after period. <laughs> I'm going to change my text to lowercase, honestly, after this, because I feel way too formal for using uppercase. You guys also use way less emojis than I use in text. Is that intentional? No. Okay. All right. Emoji. This is a good uh, thing to bring up, too. 
with the younger generation. I know that at one point, our generation, we're millennials. We resisted emoji, Jason. I know I did. And then somebody, then eventually I caved in and I don't know if I'm doing the right thing anymore. Yeah. Emoji. Um, I, you know what, you know how I avoid all this? I usually don't text. This is, (laughs) yeah, this is why I just put my head down in a pillow every night and cry myself to sleep. Not really, but like, I prefer to talk on the phone. That aren't good. Yeah. Like the cry laugh emoji. I mean, Yes, that one. Oji a few too many times. There's only like a few that we actually use in life. Oh, I like the one that like the hard hands like that and okay. the heart and the crying one. The the cat, like the cat that's laughing, the cat with the heart, the cat and the monkey and the monkey that's like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like oh, so the animals showing expression, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you can react to iMessages? Like I was harding. Okay, so that's dumb. If you're going to show any sort of emotion, use the animals, Jason. You can't do the crying. I'm not going to do that. You have to be a, a laughing cat. You're a cat now. Oh, I would rather look like a Simpson. You're a monkey and a cat. I prefer Simpson emojis. You know what I think it is? Is because I know exactly why this is happening. Remember when they, they changed the emojis so you could um, change it to your different skin tone? Oh. Yeah, I think that probably freaked a lot of people out because they got confused. They don't, you know, I don't know. Like, I think that might have something to do with it. So, like, mm. animals don't have skin tone and it's neutral. Mm. So, if you use a, a a a cat that is laughing, you're racist. Is what I think. Why is it a cat? Is there dog <laughs> laughing or I, dog I, crying emojis? Why is it cats? Uh, uh yeah, you're right. I'm writing that's Tim bullshit. Apple. As Tim a Apple. dog owner, I think that's bullshit. Tim Apple. And I'm a, I'm offended, Tim Apple. Your messages earlier. Yeah. <laughs> do you do that? Wait, what were they saying? Let me go back just a little bit. Yeah, I did. I didn't. Like I was harding your messages oh. earlier. Oh, so she's talking about, yeah, when you react to. Uh, Reacting to a, a the, specific message. Right. And I message. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> well, I really only use the heart. Okay. But yes. like the other ones are like cringy. I use the heart and the exclamation points. Okay. Because if my friend sends me like a paragraph and it's just like it's a random day and they send me a long paragraph, I'll do the heart. But I don't feel like doing anything else because like paragraph back. Like, yes. I'll okay. To- okay. So you can't do the, the thumbs up. Only hearts and exclamation point. Oh, okay. I mean, that's if we're listening to like 10 year old girls. Yeah, we are. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I'm letting, I'm letting 10 year old girls my, control my life right now. I want my text message etiquette based off a 10 year old girl. How I communicate with adults going forward is determined by 10 year old girls. Hmm. That does not sound creepy. <laughs> do you guys do like voice memos? No. No, no voice no memos. Way. I know. Oh, see, me and my old 30-year-old friends, we use it to communicate. You gotta stop doing that. It's not that hard to type. You're just out in public and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's to type the letters. Like, it's not. It's or not you can do the, the voice text. <gasps> 
Just do that instead. I don't even know how to do that. That's how I type my essays. <laughs> Me too. Wait, really? For school? Yeah, yeah it's just so much easier. Oh, that's a, oh, that's a that last one. Those girls are the, dude. That's they're smart. A, they're very smart. So they're if typing. they really took it to another level, they would have AI type it for them. Oh yeah, don't tell them about that yet. AI. I actually had a, a dream where I was back in uh, school using AI for papers. Mm, was life easier? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. What was your dream? What do you mean you don't know? That's that's just a dream. I, that's not, nothing else happened. <laughs> oh, you turned it in and you were and then you were awake. I don't know. Like yeah, uh, dreams are dumb. That's why you never tell anybody about your dreams. But uh, anyways, uh, MLK would disagree with thank that. you that's a good way to bring it back we are live on mlk uh junior day so uh thank you dr king for your contribution you. to society for uh, improving your positivity your message everything and uh yeah that's all i have to say anything you want to say to dr king i, I what, a, what an amazingly brave man like really yeah to stand up and this message still resonates today and still needed today. And need now more than don't we wish he was yeah. still with us? Like oh yeah. To shut all these assholes up. And tragically taken away. That's just such a but man, again, that's why he's brave. Nobody else without him, I mean, my God, we would be so regressed. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. King. Showing all these so, I feel like we need a, a Dr. King um figure. Mm. in today's world and climate don't you like we don't have anybody standing up in that regard like it's just like i think we do but maybe we just don't have the visibility into it or the knowledge of it but yeah just like uh, doc was saying earlier with you know social media and tiktok it's hard to break through with those types of messages there is a lot of positivity out there though you have to seek it and it's all about the algorithm whatever platform you're on you're on, it will serve you the messages that you want to see or the ones that you were liking in the past haunt you in the present <laughs> in a lot of ways. That's why I don't like about these, the social media is like, it's your past following you constantly. Then it, it digs you in a hole. But if you realize that and you're like, Oh my God, I'm like, on, I'm on TikTok and I keep getting all these videos about the same topic, switch it up, search something different that you don't normally search. Look for something positive or different. I don't know. Or delete TikTok. I don't know if that's realistic, but yeah, delete it. Really? You're you're addicted to TikTok. That's your. Well, I mean, I don't think most people are going to delete it. Most people aren't going to do it. As long as what I'm saying, I don't think most people are going to do it. But yeah, delete it. Or what do you do? Then go to the library. Is that what you're saying? Go volunteer. I don't know. Go volunteer well, at the library. Yeah, put those books away. Dewey Decimal System style. Go volunteer and go read a book. Yeah, I don't know. Do yeah, something. I don't know. So that's always know. that's always the best advice you can give somebody. Go volunteer or you know, delete the is, app. Is that is that dumb and is that still go volunteer? Go read a book. <laughs> that's like the best advice, right? There's no be. better. There's no better advice than that. Do better. Do better. Get a bigger TV. Actually, I tell Get a lot of people that. Yeah. Get a bigger TV. <laughs> <laughs> Play better. Yeah. 
And, Do better. Uh, yeah. I hope that we helped maybe one person tonight with yeah, their boredom. Did. Absolutely did. That's all we're here for is to entertain and keep you off of TikTok for a little bit. Although most people listening are probably scrolling through TikTok as they listen. So Yeah, I was gonna say this is probably this clip of us saying delete TikTok is probably going on TikTok. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fair. But uh yes, thank you, Dr. Coyle, for joining us. I'm glad that we have an on an on uh, staff doctor now. We can uh, call him up. Our show doctor is Doctor Coyle. What happened to TikTok being um, banned in the U.S.? Did, did that not is that not a thing? Is China not China buying on us anymore? Like what happened? Um, what did happen with? I think that they they brought over the the Chinese CEO of TikTok. He testified before Congress. Congress asked a whole bunch of questions and they were TikTok completely gave them a morons. bunch of money. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Possibly. Uh, actually, that's probably a good theory. I don't know. I don't know. What but, happened to it, though? It's like, well, Congress looked like idiots because they're asking stupid questions like, oh, do you need the Internet to access TikTok? And it seemed like such morons. Mm. So. Yeah, they I got paid off that. And then they swept it under the rug and no one's talking about it. No, everyone forgot about it, but us. We didn't forget. There really are legitimate privacy concerns with TikTok still. That, that you're not allowed to have it on a government phone. Yeah. The Chinese government is spying on every, all of us. So uh Yeah, but But as long uh, as long as the representatives get uh thirteen thousand dollars a piece. Let them sp- all I need. away. That's all they need. And uh, that's all it takes to buy yeah. off one of our why are this is what I don't understand if it's that, buy, buy a 2006 Volkswagen Jetta for the congressman's wife and we're good. <laughs> I mean, that's like legitimately how much it is to buy off a lot of these Congress people is like $10,000, 15, 14. Why aren't Americans pulling together for this? You know, but it's one per it's one group or person. Like if they line them up, you know, there's probably hundreds of companies and, entities that are paying these you know so adds up quick eddie that's how they're millionaires i guess yeah but it's just certainly not from government it's just crazy me though one government salary oh yeah they're only making one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year in congress poor bastards i don't know if that's that i don't do they make i thought that's what the president made no that's what congress makes oh president is up to two something like 220 wow inflation really helped him out huh oh nobody else yeah (laughs) government always gets uh pay increases and free health care but anyways we gotta go the the world we can't solve all the issues in one two-hour live session on iw radio it's news to us thanks again the doctor dr coil bad wolves check them out get the new album and uh, MLK Day today, we are thinking about the doctor, Dr. King's message. Jason, uh, any final words? Any final words before we wrap it up? Go volunteer. Go volunteer and work at a library. Go volunteer. Go wait. work at a library. <laughs> wait. No, wait. Go volunteer and read a book. You got me mixed up. Go work at a book and read a library. Nailed it. There we go. All right. Bye-bye. It's news to us. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message.